0: I really do want the Lord just to have his way in these moments that we have together. You know, I've been saying often, I don't want to just give you my best sermon, I don't want to, there are a lot of great message ideas you can come up with, it's just not about any of that. We really need to show up not to hear a speaker, but to encounter a savior. That needs to be what we're hungry for right now. Are you longing for that? because it'll change the way you're hearing what I'm saying as I'm reading several verses if you really want to encounter the Savior as opposed to if you're hoping I bring the Scripture to life. The life is in Him. His Word is living and active. We live in a society that's reduced Christianity to this idea of clever speakers, and what we don't need is more clever. What we do need is more power. And So I I just felt the Lord was saying to me about today, there's plenty of time to get the whole conversation in. Because I knew I was going to need to talk to you about all these things that I've just said to you, uh, and the Lord just kept putting me at ease. There's plenty of time to get the whole conversation in. So we just invite you, Lord, to have that conversation. Help us, God, even as we look in the Scriptures, that we'll sense something deeper, more meaningful than just what humans can provide. But Lord, you're desiring to awaken the power of your Word within us. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen, amen, amen. Fully loving family. Wherever you are, uh, today is for you. If you are about to go into trying to build a family, understand family is more than just a natural. Family is spiritual family. Um, if you're about to go into and maybe looking at possibly getting married, Uh, Maybe you're walking into a scenario where you're coming out of a marriage through difficulty. Uh, Wherever you are in whatever circumstance, I want you to evaluate the family God's entrusted to your care. That's you. That's your family members that are connected to you or spiritual family. Welcome to the family. Um, And I want you to really think about What that context is as we look through some scriptures before I even get into the message. This is just the season that we're in. I'm going to read these verses each time we get together. Just allow the Holy Spirit to have uh, a stirring of the soil of our lives. Nehemiah 4.14. Remember the Lord. That's a pretty important thing. Like Rehearse, remember, review. Don't just forget. It's easy to pass by. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome fight for your families, fight for your sons, fight for your daughters, fight for your wives, and fight for your homes. There really is something to fighting for that which God entrusts to our care. Have you figured out that God doesn't give you stuff that's like easily uh, received, but like you have to fight for them? Like the promised land, like God gives you the promised land, right? And then there are these giants on the land. If God gave us the land, why are there giants in the land? because you and I live in a fallen world, in an imperfect society, in a place where there are things that are going on that God doesn't intend to go on. Uh, He didn't desire for the fall of humanity to take place. If your theology would suggest that, you really need to adjust your theology. It's not God's will that any should perish, but many do. God rarely gets His way in the world in which we live. And so what I want to do is do the best I can to ensure that those within my five-foot circle, those within my reach, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm in a fight. I'm in a fight. And so this year, we're focusing on what it is to be fully known by God, to be fully loved by God. And when we recognize that we are fully known and that we are fully loved, here's here's the difficulty. I found myself questioning it myself this week while I was praying through this message. When we realize we're fully known and that we're fully loved, then we are activated to become fully loving. Yes. Good. How many of you don't feel fully loving sometimes? <laughs> What does that mean? What does it look like? It's the truth, but what does it look like for us? And so I want you to hear out of that Ephesians 3 that we rehearsed a little last week. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, verse 14 and following, now 15, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. You have an inner man in your inner being God is strengthening you verse 17 so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth here's here it is verse 19 is it possible to be activated to be fully loving Yes, verse 19, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's just crazy to me. Isn't, aren't we guilty of just reading verses like that and then just thinking, oh, that's a nice idea. It's more than a nice idea. This is a revelation from God for us to understand God actually wants to put within us more than we can contain. You can't contain all the fullness of God. Therefore, when he deposits the fullness of God within you, he overflows himself out of your surrendered, available life. And then today, this is the verse. I I gave this to you all. I forgot in the second. I I bypassed it. But this is a, a real focal point. And I shared it's the most meditated on verse of my life in the last year and a half. And I want, I want to just ask you, take prayer walks, meditate on this, think about this verse. Philippians 3.10 out of the Amplified. For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Such a powerful verse. Your reason for living, your reason for breathing, the reason you have the years that have been allotted to you in this world and this life is that you may know Jesus, that you may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. And out of that then flows everything about life as God has planned it for you. Now, I, we always have our messages online, and I can t- you know, commonly point to them, go online, check it out. But I rarely do this. I rarely say, I want to really ask you, if you weren't here last week, please go online to destinyokc.com and listen to last week's message. It's imperative that you get it as a building block and foundational with where we're going and what God's asking us to do. And the essence of it is simply this. Uh, How many of you tend to be perfectionists? Raise your hand if you tend to be a perfectionist. Uh, And that pursuit of perfection is something that plagues our lives, and there are a lot of reasons that we're driven to that, but not anything is healthy that drives you to the pursuit of perfection. You need to understand this. The original sin of mankind was the pursuit of perfection, wanting to be like God. Are you hear what I'm saying? So last week we talked about what it is to be a biblical family. And guess what? That is a very imperfect model <laughs> that we're talking about. A biblical family is not a perfect family. So let yourself off the hook and let others off the hook. And I broke some things down last week that I think are really important for you to understand. Then this week as we talk about what it is to develop a kingdom expression of a family atmosphere in your home. That begins with you. The atmosphere of your heart determines the atmosphere of your home. So I want us to understand the importance of of atmosphere, and and, uh, man, it's just so amazing that we have this incredible expression of relationships in our world out on the West Coast that's telling all of the world through all kinds of media expressions, movies, programs, shows, telling all of the world how awesome relationships are supposed to work. Isn't that great? Isn't that amazing, like we can just watch Hollywood that like gets a divorce every you know six or eight months and has all the money, you can imagine, and still depressed and empty inside, and they're telling us what it is to have a great relationship. And so I want you to just see a quick look of Hollywood's expression so that we make sure we're all on the same page. And far away, there lived a fair princess whose life was wondrous. But one day, opposition and challenges were cast upon her, and the princess was overwhelmed <sighs> with problems. Oh, and look, but my sash wearing my sash you can't. Oh, oh, oh please. Oh. Have no fear, however, because a gallant man came to her rescue. And you know that when a man enters a woman's life, all problems magically disappear. The noble man whisked the distressed princess away, and they lived happily ever after. (laughs) Isn't that beautiful? That is just amazing. Well, okay, thanks for coming today. God bless. Go and make it happen. (laughs) so here's the thing and I've talked before about how these guys played a joke on me once and they gave me a puzzle and they put the wrong puzzle pieces in the box and I didn't of course didn't know anything about it I thought it was kind of odd they were giving me a puzzle but later I found myself thinking you know I'm going to break that out and I started trying to put the puzzle together and I figured out they were playing a joke on me and I was looking at the wrong picture trying to put the pieces together And every time I would try and put the pieces together, I thought, the pieces don't look anything like the picture. And I'm talking to you about the way we try to assemble our lives after looking at the picture that Hollywood has provided, and the pieces don't seem to resemble this fake presentation that comes from the West Coast, across, you know, around the world, that which is basically inundating and captivating our perspective and in many ways defining our theology. If we're not careful, we allow the world to evangelize the church more than the church evangelizes the world because they're really good at it. So I believe God wants to help kind of disassemble some things and dismantle some things that need to be disassembled and dismantled so he can reorganize and restructure some things that really need to be reorganized and restructured. Now, fight for your family. Fight. Everybody say fight. You know, I I had somebody last week tell me, thank you so much for activating the fight. So few people are really willing to fight for that which really matters. It's too easy to let go, abandon, give up, move on. And I just want to challenge you to know something. The family you fight for is the picture your children have as their frame of reference for the family they'll become in days ahead. And the family you don't fight for is the picture they'll never behold. Now, when I say things like that, I I think about them a lot before I say them because I know that lands on different people in different places and different situations. And it's a pain point in many instances. But I just want you to know, God's a God who reaches right where you are, picks up from here, activates the fight for all that which is ahead, and erases the the shame or you know whatever you're dealing with or can deal with in everything that's been behind. Aren't you glad He separates your your mistakes from you as far as the the north is? Uh, sorry, the east is from the west, not the north and south. If you go north, you'll start going south. And then you'll go north, and then you'll start going south. But he doesn't separate you from your mistakes as far as the north is from the south. He separates you from your mistakes as far as the east is from the west. Because if you go east, you'll never go west. You'll just go east. And if you go west, you'll never go east. You'll just go west. In other words, he separates you from your mistakes eternally, completely, absolutely, 100%. You never have to look back. You never have to look back. Come on, let me encourage you. Learn from any mistakes that you've made. Pick up the fight and move forward today. There's a better future ahead of you than what you're allowing yourself to believe if you'll embrace the grace of God and get your fight back. Somebody fight. This is how we fight our battles. Isn't that a great song? Somebody clap your hands and fight with me. Somebody join in with me right now. We're fighting for that which matters in our future in Jesus' mighty name will fight. We're fighters. The atmosphere of your heart, it's your first blank. The atmosphere of your heart determines the atmosphere of your home. It's very important that you understand this. Guard your heart. The atmosphere of your heart determines the atmosphere of your home. When we were building our home, you know, Tracy and I have been married for a long time. Am I allowed to say? I think I get in trouble when I say. I've been married for a long time. We have a couple of kids, and um, we got married before we had kids, and we were married for 10 years before we had kids, and we've got a kid, two kids now, going to college. And so we've been married for a long time, and we decided after years, we were going to build the home, you know, the home. You know what I'm talking about, the home the home where we sat down and we started dreaming on a napkin and then the napkin became a blueprint and the blueprint was in the hand of a builder and and we're standing there watching this happen and man we love this place we were blessed, so blessed, and, and Charlie and Dee Dee Glaze came over, and, and they were just praying over the property, and they just said, we wanna come see and just pray, and there they were, and the structure was going up, and man, it just was so exciting, something really triggered, and Dee Dee, I'll never forget, she, we were all standing there, we all took hands, and, and we were standing in a circle, and we were praying, and, and when we stopped, she looked up with this big smile on her face, and she looked me right in the eye, and she said, this, I wrote it down, she said, this is going to be such a wonderful home, and it has so little to do with it being such a nice house. It's not about a structure. You can live in whatever the most amazing thing the world has to offer and still be empty in your soul. Because the atmosphere of a home comes from the atmosphere of a heart. Life's greatest treasures, this is such an important statement, you need to put this on your social media and tell people they need to know Jesus, life's greatest treasures are easily undervalued and overlooked when we find ourselves overcommitted and underconnected and boy do we in the world we live in today. Pause and consider, take some time to show some love to the people who really matter in your life. See, that which comes naturally grows easily. Have you noticed that? Like it's now, tomorrow is April 1st. Anybody have any ideas rolling? Man, I, it's hard for me to get past April 1st and not come up with something. <laughs> but uh, tomorrow is April 1st. You know, if you've not put pre down in your yard, you're too late. <laughs> I've got some lawn care individuals in the house. You're too late if you've not put pre down. What's going to happen? Weeds are going to grow. Weeds just grow naturally. How many of you know you don't have to work to grow weeds? Like, weeds just grow. Like, you don't have to do anything. You can just lounge, sit back, relax, and weeds will grow. You have to fight the weeds to kill the bad stuff so that you can grow the good stuff on purpose. Like, I'm just going to say it again so you understand that which comes naturally grows easily. And the problem is that which grows easily isn't normally what we want to grow. Crabgrass, weeds, selfish attitudes. It's just natural for that to happen, right? Right, because we have a fallen nature. So that which is natural is not. That which is supernatural, and God wants you to rise above that which is natural into the posture of that which is supernatural. And when you've died to yourself and allow the cross of Christ to actually have his, his power revealed and redeemed through your life, you move past the natural tendencies of reaction and behavioral attitudes and, and, and I mean stuff that's just carnal nonsense. Weed comes easily, naturally. Crabgrass face. Just crabgrass face. Just do it. Make a crabgrass face face look that. That just comes natural. That just comes easy. It's a pleasant disposition that you have to purpose because you've decided the joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. Anybody ever uh, been to Pike Place Fish Market? Anybody ever been there? This place is really stinky in Seattle and, uh, and it, it was an awful place once upon a time. But something interesting happened. Here's a picture. I want you to think about what you're seeing when you see the picture of this fish market. Now, uh, notice the atmosphere. That's going on. If you've been there, you know they throw fish all the time. Like that's kind of become their signature thing. Well, they'll say, "What fish coming up?" And they'll throw like, and all these customers are watching these fish fly like right over your head. I mean, it's it's pretty pretty bizarre. But it has become this iconic place where people now travel from all around the nation to come and see the stinky fish market. What happened was, once upon a time, in a land far away called Seattle, they actually decided, you know what, the stinky fish market is not an appealing or attractive place. Our customers don't even really enjoy coming here. I have an idea. Everybody shout, idea. This is really important that you track me. I'm going somewhere with this. Somebody said, I have an idea. Let's make this fish market into something other than just a stinky place. Let's make this fish market into a place that people will actually want to come. They took that idea and really thought it through. It became a well-developed, thought. Now, ultimately, that thought then produced an attitude that they begin to communicate in the fish market. All the people started catching on. Everybody started having a great time. People actually started coming to a place they didn't want to come before, and there they are now with a certain attitude of joy that produced an atmosphere that everybody is enjoying, sustained, produced a climate that they're known for now, and now they possess a culture that is being expressed in corporate America, and they use this fish market as training in corporate America of how to shift a culture from something you don't like to something you do like. Maybe you're in a family situation that's kind of like a stinky fish market, and I want you to know with Jesus, there is hope. With Jesus, there is help. With the truth of His Word and the power of His Spirit, come on, you got to fight for what God says you can possess. I want you to see it, and here's the, the, the breakdown, the graph, the progression of the words I just gave you. It all starts with an idea. I'm giving you an idea. Hey, my family can get better. An idea sustained produces thoughts. Thoughts sustained produces uh, attitude. Attitude sustained produces an atmosphere. An atmosphere sustained produces a climate. And the climate sustained produces a culture. Now, this is the model from a book that's in our lobby that you can purchase. It's the first book I wrote, and that book, everything you, all your proceeds are going to go to help families in need. I'm, I'm not getting anything out of this, but those books, there are three of them on the table out there that you can pick up anytime you're here. They're $10, and that $10 goes to help a family in need. It's just what we've determined we're going to do as a church family. But I want you to understand the progression of how to develop the culture that God desires for you to possess. It's the culture of the kingdom of God. It's the characteristics of the king when his character is awakened within our lives that starts to come out of who we are. Isn't it beautiful that the characteristics of the king can literally come out of who we are and begin to impact the world around us? There's no reason why your five-foot circle has to stay the way your five-foot circle has been when you carry the power of Jesus overflowing in you. I'm talking about everything he is. Is, exists within you. You are fully known. You are fully loved. You are activated to be fully loving. You can change your world. You just have to understand here's the kingpin phrase that's the basis of, the, of that particular book Change is a process, not an event. It's a process. Who has an attitude in here? Let me just see. Raise your hand if you've got an attitude. Point to somebody who's got an attitude. Just go ahead. Uh Here's the bottom line. Everybody has an attitude. Everybody has an attitude. And everybody's attitude comes from the same place, your own brain. Because there are ideas and thoughts that begin to produce an attitude. There are happy thoughts and there are happy attitudes. There are sad thoughts and there are sad attitudes. There are discouraged thoughts that produce discouraged attitudes. Whatever your attitude is, is the result of the seed that's been functioning in your brain. God wants you to know that you can transform all of that. Now, this is so interesting. I, I actually had to ask my wife and uh, my wife's permission, and I've already tried it out on my girls because this is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get um, I'm going to cross a little bit of a line here. <laughs> oh man, you're you, you're leaning in now, aren't you? <laughs> Ooh. All right, here's the way I'll do it. Tracy and I, a few months ago, we were out. I don't remember where we were, what we were doing. It was irrelevant. But when we walked out to the car, I went over to her door, opened her door, and when she got in, I normally would shut the door and go around, but instead I stopped. And in my heart was something so uh, deep that I was having a moment with my wife. She was not yet aware that I was having a moment, And that we were about to have a moment together because it started in my heart. The culture of your heart determines the culture of your home. And so I leaned in the the door, and I just looked at her, and she's very lovely to look at, easy to look at, easy on the eyes. And I just looked at her, and, uh, and then I just, I mean, there was something almost magical about the kiss that we shared in that moment. I mean, I, I don't even know how to explain it other than it was just really profound. And, and it was so special, and I, I, I've thought about it since. And, and here's, here's the phrase, and then I'll give you the, the rest of this that I had to ask permission for. I know you're wondering. That's not, that's not permission worthy. But, but write it down first so that you understand where I'm going. Patterns born from the kingdom, uh, sorry, patterns born from kingdom priorities have the power to produce moments that are filled with a deeper sense of eternal purpose. Patterns in our lives. We go on a date night every week. It's just part of a pattern that we do. doesn't always work out the way we want it to, but weekly we make it a point to connect on that level. Patterns born from kingdom priorities have the power to produce moments that are filled with a deeper sense of eternal purpose. Now, where I'm driving with this is this. Tracy and I did not have sex before we got married. We determined... You know, my past was pretty riddled. I was into drugs and all the stuff that I was in. And then I came to Christ, and we just determined, you know, this is not, we're just going to make this a sacred element. She has been pure her whole life, and I didn't have that same treasure to offer her when we got married. So, you know, it really was a struggle for me. I felt like, man, I'm bringing something littered. To the, to the table in the sense of my overall sexuality. And so um, it was just so, you know, I'm, I'm realizing that moment of that kiss has depth because of something we invested in in our lives. I don't know where you've been, but I'm just telling you, pick it up now. And the thing that I asked for permission to share was Tracy and I didn't have sex before we were married, but it's not because there wasn't You know, it wasn't because we weren't interested. I mean, you know, she's looking at me and I'm like, I know, girl, you better. (laughs) There was a moment in our relationship before we were married that I clearly made a move in that direction. And she lived up to her name, Woe Man. (laughs) Some of y'all ladies need to hear me, and you need to get your Woe Man on in a moment in time that you need to say, Woe Man. And in that moment, later, it was a moment of weakness for me, later I was so grateful and so thankful. And I... (laughs) You know, it's just so important that we recognize, guys, what we're investing in, I mean, you have no idea how much these little things that might seem to be insignificant truly matter years down the road. I heard Zach Lowe, who will be in the second service, he and Angie, uh, they were married years ago now, whatever, they got like, how many kids? Eleven children, something like that. Shadrach, Meshach, sleepy, grumpy—I mean, all of them—and so uh, that they stood and and on their wedding day, they were both able to say, before the congregation of people, we kept ourselves pure for this moment of our wedding day. Bailey and Clinton. Uh, I broke down and cried in the moment of their wedding as they exchanged the purity ring and they were expressing, I've kept myself to this day. I mean, it's beautiful, isn't it? That's not celebrated enough in the world that you and I live today. I want to take a moment and just celebrate that. I want to take a moment and just reiterate that and rehearse that so that we all understand. And when Zach was speaking in chapel later as a teacher now at our school and he told all the kids, you know, our, our dating relationship was like this long. When you look at the scope of our lives, our dating relationship is like this, and then I've got all these years that we'll be married together. Why would I sacrifice something all these years for that? And I I mean, it really impacted me. I mean, I I was sitting there thinking, man, talk about perspective. And I wanna challenge you that we would all possess a kingdom perspective. There's a little true story, a little boy asking his mom and dad, dad's a pastor that Tracy and I know, and, uh, and the boy, uh, with a sibling there, his sister said, "Dad, what's testicles?" <laughs> and the, the the sister, who's just slightly older, said, um, "Those are brains." <laughs> to which the pastor's wife said, "For most men, they are." <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be honest about sexuality. <laughs> you and I were born with this capacity and this ability to procreate the planet in which we live. There's a deep-seated passion that's easily awakened within us. That's why you'll never see me in my office with the door closed with a member of the opposite sex. It just going to happen. It's very important that we learn to put rails, lines, boundaries in place because we are all capable, even when we feel like we're stronger than that. I'm doing a good job preaching today. I'm just telling you, this is some important stuff. We're going to create an atmosphere of our home. I want to commission you to awaken God's, the culture of God's kingdom in your heart and in your home and carry that out so that it becomes that which your children can possess and embrace. So here's your action point. You know what we're all about if somebody says, you know, what's the mission statement? What's this church all about? You and I are people who bring God's presence to real life. That's what we do. God's presence is for real life. So each week we want to give you an action point. How can you carry what you've experienced into real life? So your God's presence to real life action point of the week, I want to ask you to create an atmosphere in your life that will attract the attention of God. Take some time this week and just spend time. Get up in the morning and turn on worship music. Get up in the morning, turn the page. Every day, turn the page. Just one page in your Bible. This is such a powerful tool. Start in the book of Genesis, write the date at the top of the page. Just the date is fine. Underline if you'd like. Write and commemorate special things. But every day, just turn the page. Just spend some time alone with Jesus. Be a great way just to cultivate an atmosphere in your life. Have communion as a family. What a novel thought. We have communion here. Every week, is at the back of this table. During worship, we'd love it if you went back, found the giving stations as an expression of worship, communion as an expression of worship, joining up, we have prayer every week for you to have that opportunity as well. We want to create an atmosphere that sustains a culture that you can carry into your home. These are things you do in ho- at home. Pray for family members and close friends together. Amen. So Lord, I pray that you just seal this in our hearts, take us deeper in the kingdom and the treasures of God. I thank you, Lord. Uh, You've had a wonderful conversation with each of us and with all of us today, and I pray that we would take it to heart. We'd be able to set it into motion and release some form of action in the course of this week that releases your kingdom, Lord, in the atmosphere of our homes, because it awakens it in the atmosphere of our hearts. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name. Just posture your heart properly before him, just available, uh, maybe with your hands open or you know, however you'd like, but just posture yourselves in a place of receptivity. And I want us to pray this prayer, a prayer of lordship, a prayer of declaration. Jesus really is who he says he is. If you've never prayed this before, then this is the way that you kind of walk into a beginning of a relationship with Christ. If you have prayed before, maybe it's just taking a step, going deeper. Today, I'm going to declare over my family and my household, I'm going to lead the charge. But everybody pray this with me out loud. Very simple prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, you came, you lived, you died, but you're alive. You're the savior of the world. I need you as my savior and as Lord of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.